Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Storytime with Shade. Thanks for listening, and like I said last week, I'm going to try and keep the intros and the outros throughout the course of this story uh, fairly short. Um, So having said that, if you haven't heard uh, the first part of The Voices, which was last week's episode, uh, episode 7, then please listen to that before you listen to this one. You're going to want to. And uh, having said that, this is the continuation of last week's story, The Voices. Uh, Hope you like it. And here we go. Chapter 9 When Henry left the house again, with the butcher's knife held indiscreetly behind his back. It was still nice outside, and the young man was now very close. Henry's heart was racing so fast he thought it might explode, but he pressed on. As Henry approached the man, he looked cautiously at Henry and said, "Uh, Hey, man, you're making me kind of nervous. What's that you got behind your back? Henry's smile grew to a massive grin full of large, scary teeth, like a piranha. His hand shot out, and the knife split the delicate skin on his neck apart, and a warm funnel of hot, sticky blood began to spray out of the open wound. Henry was bathing in it, grinning. The jugular was severely cut, and perfectly cut for an instant and bloody death. The man clasped at his bleeding neck briefly, making strangled, choking sounds as the blood that caught in his throat drowned him at the same time. His hands fell limply away, and his body fell to the ground. The man's head made a sickening crack sound on the pavement. Henry laughed, long and hard. Then he dragged the man's body inside his house and dumped it in the basement. The voices told him that leaving the body outside was crazy, as crazy as he himself was, and Henry wholeheartedly agreed. Henry then got the hose out of his garage and cleaned up all the blood on the sidewalk, lawn, and street. It had spread quite a bit, and by the time he was done all his cleaning... It was barely 8 a.m. The first person on that street to go outside was at 8.02 a.m., ten minutes later than the woman in question usually got up, but for some reason today she slept in a little bit, and now she was going to be late. And so, Henry had just gotten away with murder on a suburban street without a single witness. Wonders never cease. Chapter 10 Henry had a shower to wash all the blood off of him. He was laughing the entire time, telling the voices how much fun he had, and that he could not wait to do it again. They applauded his gusto. Chapter 11 Henry got out of the shower and dressed himself in a plain white t-shirt and another pair of blue jeans. These ones weren't nice either, and Henry vaguely regretted not undressing the man of his suit, or at least the suit pants but by now he was sure that there would be just too much blood on them. He looked much more sane after his shower, but he wasn't any more sane than he was when he killed the man. In fact, that was so far the highlight of his day. Mom's cake had been good, but murder was better. The voices asked him what he wanted to do, as if they didn't already know the answer. Henry wanted to kill, but he was now worried about how he would get around with a big butcher's knife in his hand. Not exactly inconspicuous. Let's look for another weapon, then, the voices said. Yeah, go on, another one replied. 
Henry was one step ahead of his head this time. He was on his way into the basement to get his hammer, his nice hammer, that he had bought for fifty dollars, and man, oh man, did he want to kill the guy that sold it to him. It was expensive, but still, it was nice. Henry ran back upstairs with it and holstered it in his pants with the hammer end poking around outside of his shirt. It's visible, Henry. Sweater. Yeah, you dingus, get a fucking sweater. A hoodie, the one with the pocket in the middle. Yeah, man, get a hoodie. Henry was starting to get a headache. Chapter 12 It was 8.30 by the time Henry left the house, a big brown sweater over his white t-shirt, concealing the hammer that he thought was so nice, and he couldn't wait to use it on someone. He walked down the street casually, whistling a tune from his childhood, and deep down scanning the world for his next target. It was early in the morning, so not many people were outside just yet. Henry started to think the little breaking and entering was in order. He walked up to the door of a nearby house and peered inside the front windows. He couldn't see anybody. There was a car in the driveway, though, and so Henry, urged on by the growing noise of the voices, rang the doorbell. He waited a minute with the hammer inside the front pocket of his sweater, ready to kill, but nobody answered. Henry cursed some colorful profanities and rang the doorbell again, repeatedly. Eventually, someone came to the door in a bathrobe. He opened it, saying, Now what the hell do you want? But it was too late for him. Even then, the man was cut off by the blunt end of the hammer, piercing his skull and lodging itself into his brains. Henry tugged it out impatiently, loving the dull popping noise that it made, and watching the blood bubble out of the open wound. He kicked him behind the door and stepped into the house, closing the door gently behind him. Chapter 13 The house was silent. Much too silent. But the voices took care of that. Okay, this is bad. Shut up. This is going great. Okay, but we should see if there are other people. Yeah, right. Yeah, that should be the first step. Henry started walking sneakily down the hall. His eyes were glowing red, and he held his hammer in his hand with evil and malicious intent. The intent to kill. Every so often, a small drop of blood would fall from the hammer and make a small plop sound on the hardwood floor. He ended up at the doorway to the kitchen. It was open, but he hid behind the wall, not daring to look just yet, not daring to expose his face. He could hear a woman talking. She would die, of course. But who was she talking to? Was she on the phone? Or were there other people in the room being very silent? Henry wasn't sure, and he started to worry. Don't worry. Oh, man, oh, man. Just just don't, you know, freak out and panic. Ah, panic! He entered the room swiftly, hammer raised just a little over Henry's own head. There was a lady, and she was on the phone. Thank God. He went in quietly, and guided by the ever-powerful voices, he swung his hammer hard and tore down the front half of her face, starting at the forehead, breaking the skull, moving through the left eye, and winding down through the chin, protruding grotesquely out. He ripped it free, tearing her jaw off, and it dropped to the floor, followed by the woman's dead, collapsing body. She didn't even have time to scream. The phone was off the hook. Henry grabbed it and put the phone to his ear. And you know that all that has to be done by Friday, right, Lou? 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 God, are you even listening? Lou? Henry hung up the phone without replying. After all, Lou wasn't listening anymore. Chapter 14 
He searched the house well for anybody that could have been hidden. He found nobody, and nobody was in the house. He looked at the gruesome remains of his last victim, and then looked at his hammer. There were dangling pieces of skin and clotted blood matted on the hammerhead. Henry dropped it, disgusted. He suddenly didn't want to touch it anymore. He got out of the house quickly, not wanting to stay there for any longer than he had to. And once more, he found himself walking down the street and laughing at how goddamn easy murder seemed to be. How could you not relish in the sheer simplicity? Swing a weapon, smack, bang, smush, slice, and then it was over. No big deal. Henry, all of a sudden, wanted to kill someone with his bare hands. It had been roughly half an hour, and he had killed three people already. The biggest massacre in Harlequin history was about to really begin. In the half hour that followed, he killed six more people, all with his bare hands. Chapter 15 Henry marveled at how low the security in variety stores was. He started to wonder why he had never robbed one before. It took him no time at all to notice how quickly and efficiently they could just be taken. The door jingled on the way in, and Henry giggled, and so did some various voices in his head. Others screamed. Immediately to the left and right were aisles on each side. Straight ahead was the clerk. She was a young girl of about sixteen years, and she had been selling smokes illegally for months. Nobody noticed because nobody cared. Henry patrolled along the aisles, the voices going nuts at how many opportunities he had to just kill. That's the only message the voices were sending, but Henry knew better. He knew he had to hold off, at least a little bit, and plan. He surveyed the store and patrolled the aisles, seeing where everyone in the store was, mapping them in his head. If someone happened to get in the store in the middle of things, then Henry guessed he would just have to be quick. The voices encouraged him. He knew that he could be quick. All in all, there were five people, including the girl behind the counter. She would be the hardest simply because of her position in the store and behind the counter. So she would be first. After that, he would wing it. But other than her... There was victim number two, a young teenage boy with earphones playing heavy metal music. He could hear it from anywhere he was in the store. The boy was wandering the candy aisle, dazed, red-eyed, probably definitely stoned. Victim number three was a middle-aged woman flipping through magazines. Since Henry had entered the store, she had looked through most of women's fitness, home decorating, and Oprah magazine. She had dull blonde hair, and wrinkles were slowly oozing their way onto what Henry thought might have once been a very pretty face, but was no longer. Victim number four, a middle-aged man, but younger than the woman, maybe in his twenties, looking at the small selection of rentable movies in the back. He would randomly pick up cases and read the back of them. Last, but certainly not least, was victim number five, a university girl. Henry could tell by her jacket currently grabbing a Red Bull and popping bubblegum all the while. Henry realized, as did many of the voices, that he did not have much time. There were five people. He had to be quick. Really fucking quick. Henry walked to the front counter. The girl opened her mouth to say something, but Henry reached out over the counter and grabbed her head violently. He twisted it hard to the right until he heard a satisfying crack. Henry dropped the girl's body, and then made his way to what would be victim number two. He walked behind the woman, flipping through the magazines. He grabbed her hair at the back of her head and smashed her face into the wall, 
then again, and then twice more, hard and quick. Her smashed and battered face no longer showed any signs of life. Her body drooped as her eyelids did, and he knew that she had to be dead. But the girl had seen. She didn't say a word, much to Henry's surprise, and even more of the voices, and had turned and ran instead. He grabbed one of the nearby cans of ravioli off a shelf and flung it at the girl. It smashed the back of her head so hard that the can opened and sprayed ravioli, and then her head opened, spraying blood. It left a huge gash at the back of her head. It was about four inches wide and had a long piece of skin dangling from the back. She fell forward, clutching her head, but Henry thought that she was injured enough. Whether she was dead or not, she was down for now. Then Henry heard rapid footsteps and ran towards the door to block the man who had started running around the time that the ravioli went flying. He got there just in time to stop the movie-browsing man, and he head-butted his face with all the momentum he got on the way there. The man's nose smashed and sprayed blood down the front of the man's shirt. My nose! The man gargled as he fell to the floor, and Henry once again laughed at the easiness of it all. He stomped the man's head into the ground. Then again, and again, and again. Just to be sure. Last but not least was the kid. He hadn't heard, or seen, or moved, and Henry couldn't help but laugh as he approached. He stopped beside the kid, and the kid still didn't look up. He kept bopping his head and tapping his fingers rapidly on his leg to the music on his ears. He had no idea that there were bodies all around him. Henry knew how to get his attention. He ripped the headphones off the kid's head and twisted them around his neck. There was a brief moment of struggle, but then he pulls really hard and he tugs him backwards over his shoulder, choking him, killing him, and, Henry was pretty sure, snapping his neck, too. Henry loved all the sick gurgling noises and fading screams as the kid tried to cope with such an unexpected death. Then, when he stopped moving, after the snap Henry heard, he finally let him drop. He heard the bell jingle, and he hid behind one of the racks. There were potato chips and chocolate galore, but none of that was of interest to Henry, though it was to some of the voices. What was of interest was what the person was doing. As Henry poked his head out, he saw that the man was robbing them. He was robbing the dead bodies. Henry had time to think that this guy was a sicko, and then quickly remembered who had killed them in the first place, and let out a quick giggle. He ducked his head. The guy had heard, and suddenly he had dropped low, out of Henry's view, which was very little through the holes in the back of the aisle walls anyways, and Henry heard him getting closer. The man suddenly turned the corner and let out a quick, Ah! Whether at being startled, or how deranged Henry himself looked, Henry honestly had no idea, before Henry punched him swiftly in the nose. Henry had slammed his fist upwards and forwards and shattered the man's nose into pieces, sending tiny fragments, although Henry would never know this, up into the man's brain and killing him almost instantly. His body dropped, but Henry, unsure of whether he was dead or not, kicked the body, and then again, 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 again. Eventually, as soon as Henry snapped out of his blind rage, he left the store in a kind of confused daze. He had a big headache now, and he kind of wanted to nap. No, the voices insisted. You want to kill more. That's what you want. 
and Henry, a prisoner inside of his own mind, listened, and, for the first time, a little reluctantly. Chapter 16 Nine. Damn, Henry, nine? That's pretty good, man. Keep it up, the voices said. Nine, Henry said aloud from where he was crouched down in a dark alley behind a dumpster. He had fled there after the store was done, and when he heard the first of the sirens, he ran as fast as he could, and he had hid. Henry, although clinically insane, had not lost all of his common sense and knew that they had had him on video. He was as much as cod already. You better not give up, Henry. You better not be even thinking of giving up. Not yet. If you do, I will kill you myself. And Henry, suddenly, was afraid and had no way of hiding it from the voices. He started whimpering right there on the ground in the alley. Tears started to form, and Henry mourned for the last of his innocence and his sanity. The voices mimicked and taunted. Boo-hoo, baby gonna cry. Don't cry, you fucking pussy. Get up, you prick. And as usual, the angry and vicious voices won. Henry raised himself reluctantly off the ground and wiped the sweat on his upper lip. No more of that. You've got a purpose, Henry, the voices said. He knew this to be true. Now all he needed was a fucking target. Chapter 17 Henry, around this point, surrendered totally and completely and gave in to the voices. He could not control them. He could barely control his own body. And so he submits, and they take over, and the voices start to wreak their own kind of sick havoc. And so that's it for this week, you guys. Hope you liked it. There's uh, going to be more on the way. Stay tuned. Like, comment, subscribe, all that noise. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Have a good one.